All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you to everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASV Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have a cracking interview with Austrian speedster Marcel Stauffer. How's life? And thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, thank you for being here. Nice yeah. to meet you. Yeah, mate. Cheers for taking the time. It's uh, It's been good to have a chat to you because obviously you, your plans were to ride the AMX 250 this year, weren't they? And then the, there was a bit of a rule change which stopped you from doing that. And so now you're doing the Austrian Championship Select MX2 rounds, um, which you held your own in and doing some test riding for KTM. Mate, so how's the year been and are you enjoying it? Yeah, my, my plan was to, to do the full AMX season. Um, I did last year a couple at, at first so i think it was three or even four uh, but then i switched to wz and um i wrote the the rest of the of the world championship and in the end of the year i was like we, we were splitting up and it was not working for me um like it like it felt there and like i i, I come to the races there i didn't feel comfortable so so we split up and um I decided then in, in the winter preparation to go the full mix season. I had already a team um, which with that I with that I talk about the, all the things and all the stuff, um, how we do it and yeah, was was quite a good plan and I felt already comfortable with. Um but then they changed the rule, so <laughs> I needed a different plan because and they changed the age limit and I was already twenty one then. Um, so I, I got the opportunity to, to do it with KTM, uh, or to stay on KTM and do it like a test rider. Um, I was yeah, pretty interested in, in doing this and also did some tests before, but yeah, to do it like full time and like a job, um, next, next to the races and next to racing, um, I felt pretty good comfortable with that and uh, so the plan was then to do some certain uh, GPs and yeah the full Australian championship which goes pretty well so far. Yeah absolutely you're doing on the 250 and the 450 the Austrian championships mate and doing really well so talk us through that and uh, how is it switching bikes uh, during the day? Yeah I had like um, first the plan was to do yeah just the open class, so MX1. Um, but then I felt like if I do not race beside the World Championship on a 250, maybe I, yeah, I do two less racing on the 250 and spend two less time on the 250 to yeah, to be good at the World Championship GPs as well. So then I made myself a little challenge and now I try to... Uh, yeah ride both and compete in both classes which is in austria pretty yeah pretty hard because we have like mx2 race and like a 10 minute break where the other guys are going the cycling lap and then i go on the 450 and race the 450 class uh so i ride almost one hour full yeah how fit do you have to be to do that mate because obviously that's a lot of physical sort of tax on the body so how much training have you done to be prepared for that because it wouldn't be easy 
Yeah, I was like, with the testing and everything, we are. I'm staying a lot, or I'm a lot on the bike, and I I do quite a lot of laps, but like not in a, in a motor or something like this. We always go two or three laps normally. We always go two or three laps, try something different, and then go again, and change something on the bike and go again. And we have like, uh, depends on which which test, but we are like one and a half to three hours on the bike a day. So I spend a lot on the bike, but not like like in the in the championship then or on the races then in like thirty minutes or like in this case one hour in straight. So. It was pretty difficult at the first races. I tried to do it in practice one or two times, but it's always different on the race day. And the first race was pretty difficult for me. I had not really a plan how to, yeah, how to switch, how to eat, how to do everything, and yeah, just not a plan on the on the on the day what what I should do and how to prepare the best way. Um, but after this one, I figured it out a little bit better. And from race weekend to race weekend, it got better and better. And now it's like, now it's a little bit of routine I I have already. So it's difficult. And also to change between the bikes, between 250 and 450. I don't know cycling lap in 450 because I then have a little bit more time to drink and prepare again for the, for the race. So the first lap after the start with the 450 is always pretty difficult. The gears are too low and I always <laughs> rev it too much because I'm like feeling 250 still then. <laughs> no, that's cool, mate. And how do you go from the, the intensity, you know, obviously testing? Are you testing 250s, 450s? Are you doing production or, or race team testing? And how do you find the intensity? Obviously, initially it would have been pretty difficult if you're just doing a lot of testing. And then when the first race comes where you're doing two, it must have been a bit of a shock. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's not like training like the other guys do or like yeah, yeah a normal GP uh, should do. It's always like two or three laps. I mean, sometimes we have to try also things uh, like an endurance test or something like this, but it's not really common to do it. And uh, so I'm not staying like 30 minutes on a bike normally. Um, I try to do it then on the weekends, like in uh, the winter, I had not really time for it because I always want I also wanted to do a little bit of fitness training next to riding. Um, but they started like in January, February to go on the weekends with like friends or mechanics, something like this, to just stay on the bike for 30 minutes to some motos and yeah, prepare a little bit for the for the season at least. Um, yeah, and on the tests, I also ride like one time 250, one time 450. So this was also uh every week a little bit of a change um which maybe helps me now in the austrian championship to just switch and some days we also have both so it's like we change like during the day and uh, between 250 450 and uh, what this year is like it i did test uh, the last couple of years also with ktm but this year is a little bit different because i do it um uh, in in addition, I, I'm there for the race team and help them also. So 
And this is pretty cool because the tests are a little bit different than also how they work. It's it's like really interesting to to do it and to be with them and uh, also learn. I mean, like test ride is also a little bit a learning process in my opinion, because the more you do, the the better you get. Yeah, what makes you such a good test rider, mate? Obviously, you got a great feeling of the bike, and you can really feel any little minor adjustments to to everything. So. Because obviously you hear some riders are good at that, some guys aren't so good. What are the key features that make you so good, mate? I I would I wouldn't say I'm I'm so good, but just I did a lot of stuff already. So um, I think the first test I had was like three years ago, um, and I had the opportunity to to go with with KTM and and to do it, and. For sure, it was like the opportunity I got because um, there were friends testing already and they said, come, we hook you up, we um, get you get you to the test and see see how you're doing. And yeah, it, it went pretty well then. And I yeah, got more and more opportunities to, to go with them and to be with them on the, tra- on the tests. And yeah, then it... Then it becomes like more and more, and I learned all the different stuff. I mean, at first, you as a racer, you don't really know what you really can change on the bike. Yeah, so suspension test every every GP racer, or, or at least like all hobby racer, every hobby racer does a, a suspension test normally. So this this one everybody knows, but what you really can change and what uh, different things um, on the bike change certain things. This is like you need to understand and you need to get to know. And even I, after three years, I get always new stuff and they always have new inventions and where you f- have new feelings on the bike and where you get to know like different stuff, which is pretty cool. So I try to improve also in test riding and try to be a better test rider like a racer wants to be a better racer every every weekend. Yeah, well said. Um, do you have much to do with the guys like Hurlings, Everts, Adamo, Kuhn, and do you do some training with them or are you just mainly based in Austria and then you pass the information on to them or the, the team around you do? Um, I'm, I'm based in, in Austria. So also the company is based in Austria. Um, I'm living like 15 minutes away from, from the company. So it's pretty easy for me. Um, but normally we, we don't do like actual trainings with them. I mean, they try certain stuff, which is like tested before from us and which we proved like, this is good and they should try. And, but the end decision is always when at the, at the GP rider or at the factory rider. So. We just we just can say this has potential or this this could be good, and then they then they go and and try it and then they yeah, decide if they want to ride or race with it or or not. But yeah, we see us sometimes if you're like in Belgium or Sardinia, we are sometimes on the same track just because it's rented or something like this. But we are not planning the test that we are always on the same track. It's also not the the plan from KTM, I think, to, to do it on the same day because sometimes we're testing stuff which is not 
for next race weekend, but for like next season or something like this. Yeah, mate, it's super cool, eh? That the opportunity you have is uh is amazing. So yeah, it must be so fun learning new things every day and just switching the focus to your racing, mate. Obviously, you've done a couple of MX2 rounds already, and and Germany was just super impressive, mate. You know, I was talking on a podcast with Lorenzo recently, and we're just saying how well you rode and how well you comfortably slotted in, and you pretty much just you and the mechanic turned up to the to the race, and you were mixing it up with the big hitters, mate. You know, we were going through it. You know, third free practice, fifth time practice. 12th qualifying race, 5th in Sunday warm-up, ninth in both motos for 8th overall. And the lap times were pretty close to the top, guys, mate. So must have been a massive confidence boost to know that you can have that time away from MX2 and still run it with the top guys. Yeah, for me, I, I was like feeling so comfortable also in, in Arco already, so in Tantino. Yep. It was like I came to the race the same like in Teutonel, just with my sprinter, my mechanic and like everything packed in fully fully up to the yeah just completely full and yeah build up the tent with him just easy some easy up and having like nothing with us just just the the things we we really need and yeah, it it's for me it was so special to be also in, in Arco, um good in free practice, quite good time in time practice and go racing then and be really there to compete with the top riders and the factory riders. And which was even cooler in Deutschland because I was really, really there with third in, in practice and fifth in time practice. And I I felt like I got really comfortable and I also felt like well, I can really run with those guys, even if yeah, I have maybe not the preparation or not the surroundings like they have. Um but yeah, this this was this was pretty nice. So then at the the qualifying races I struggled a little bit. I knew I can race like I can ride one lap pretty fast. Um maybe this is also because I tested so much the last weeks or half a year, maybe, because it's like always two or three laps and going hot laps all the time. And it's like time practice all the time. Um, so the speed is definitely there. But then with the qualifying race, I was like struggling big time. I started pretty well. I was there up with the front guys and I was like, what what I do now? I had no, I had no clue what to do. And I was so overwhelmed that I was there and was like in this position and I was I was not comfortable with it in, in this situation um, but yeah maybe if I do more TPs I will also get used to it and know then what, what to do and what to how to how to write then yeah mate they're fast guys aren't they in MX2 was that just the key thing obviously the intensity and keeping that intensity up throughout the race and what, what sort of changed from Saturday to Sunday for you mate just sort of calmed down, composed yourself and and felt sort of confident you could do it because obviously the time in the morning warm-up and throughout the weekend, the speed was clearly there, wasn't it? Yeah, I, on Sunday and Saturday, it was like with the qualifying race, I I had this good start and in the first laps, I, I knew I need to push and I also pushed and I also went like the first three, four corners went pretty well and I 
I was really close to Adamo and the guys, but then I, I switched too many lines. For me, I think this was the problem. I switched too many lines and went not always like with them, just going inside, inside every, every corner. So I just went outside in case somebody makes a mistake. Or I, I just was a little bit afraid to stuck behind somebody and then lose positions and the yeah, in this case, I lost positions because I just went like second or third rut was outside and I made a mistake myself and somebody went inside and was faster than. So I lost quite a lot of positions in the first one and one or two laps. I was I was even ninth or tenth in second lap and had start like fourth. So this was pretty big mistake in the in the first two laps and. Yeah, I was then 12th gate pick, I think, on Sunday. So my plan was, if I have a good start, to just you know, roll behind the others and just try to you know, don't don't lose any position in the in the first and second lap. And then see how the race is going. And yeah, the other plan or the this plan B, if I have not a good start, was to try to make good, good as many positions as, as possible in the first yeah, first three laps, something like this, just to be in a better position for the rest of the race. And this, this went pretty good because I was like, I think in first race I was 13th and second race I was 15th or 16th from the start. So not really good, but I had quite good lines in the first yeah, first laps and could push really good. So I think it was both times I was around ten in the, in the first, third or fourth lap. So I had a good position and for the for the race and uh, first first race was definitely could have gone better, I would say. So I just struggled with thirty minutes full intensity. So six six I think it was it would have been possible. Yeah, that's like impressive this. effort. Very impressive, mate. How did you find the track? Obviously, it was pretty dusty, like lots of ruts, big hooks in the ruts, uh, lots of ledges, bumps on, you know, jump faces and in turns. It looked pretty difficult to, to negotiate. And obviously, you know, when they water the track, that adds to it. And then you see those choppy sections and the concrete parts. So how did you find it, mate? Or did all that test riding on different tracks hold you in good stead to do really well? I'm, I mean, Deutschendal, I, I know how Deutschendal is normally. Because I was there, I think already four or five times. So I was in, in youth with 85, and I, I pretty liked the track um, every time I was there. And yeah, I, I knew how it how it will will be and how it how the track develops. Um, so with all with the ruts and how technical it is, normally this is something what I really like. So this this was not really I was not really struggling with the situation there, but more that I enjoyed it. So it was like I like I like to to race there, but yeah, with with how fast they they went and how yeah how hard the intensity was this this was more the the thing I struggled with on these conditions. So the condition itself was not like bad or something for me but how fast they can go on conditions like this and how long they they can raise the speed this was more like 
the struggle ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, with the fans, was there lots of Austrian fans there, mate, cheering you on? Did they give you a bit of an extra motivation and boost as well? Yeah, for sure. Normally in, in Austria, like, there are always like 50 guys coming to the races, which like a little fan club. Uh, it's quite nice. And also now in Deutschland, there were some some fans from Austria. This is this is always nice, I think, for for Ryder to have like um, people from from their own country and fans from the from their own country there and, and cheering you on. This always nice feeling if you come by then and uh, hear hear them and feel the motivation you you get through this. Yeah, it looked good, mate, especially obviously the German fans with the chainsaws and the flares that was all happening there, mate. It looked like a great GP to be at it for sure. And just obviously, how many more MX2 rounds are you planning on doing? Uh, and do you want to race it full-time in 2024? Because you've got one year left, don't you? Um, so this this year, I now I will go for sure to lock it. So this was also the plan and. So, like in January, I made the plan to do uh, Trentino, Deutschnall, and, and Locket. These three for sure. And this is also where, yeah, where the budget is. Like you can you can go there easily. So this is <laughs> this is okay, and this is good for me. And maybe I do Majora as well because I think from the races I have. Beside the the world championship, I think it's it's good to go, and there's nothing on this weekend, so I have free weekend normally. Um, but this this I will decide after I lock it. It's also not so easy if I have like test days before the the GPs to be like a hundred percent fit to to go to the to the GP. So this I also need to. Keep a little bit in mind that I I want to be one hundred percent fit, and I didn't I don't want to to get injured and while doing a GP race just to do a GP race, I want to have like fun there. It's it's for me it is it is just fun because I'm not doing the full championship and I want to show that I that I can uh, race the speed and and be up there, but it always must be fun for me otherwise I cannot perform and this I also um felt or I also yeah recognized when I when I was last year by with WZ I, it was not funny for me to go racing so I couldn't be the best racer I wanted to be. Well, this was I feel like this was something which mentally broke me last year and this I I never want to have again. So and for for 2024 i i don't know really now what what i will do i i really want to do more gps also after the last two i did this year i felt so comfortable and i talked also to my mechanic it feels so nice to be there and to to race there and you have the tracks you have like the guys there top guys of the world and you've in this situation where I'm now, where I feel like I can race the speed and I can go to the races and be competitive, I feel like I want to do more, but it's for me, it's not like the decision. It's also more like I need the budget to do it. 
And in Austria, we it's really, really hard to get the people behind you to have the support to be at the GPs and not pay, I don't know, 100,000 from, from your own. Yeah, it's pretty hard, mate. It'd be pretty cool, obviously, to see you doing MX2 full-time. And then do you have any ideas in the future to do MXGP or maybe race in America? Because it's a tough balance because obviously the, the job is the testing job with KTM, which is awesome. And you don't really want to sort of ruin that relationship, I guess. But obviously with teams like Triumph and Ducati coming in, someone like you would be pretty perfect to test and develop the bike and race at the same time. So there's, I reckon there'd be a, a few teams looking at your skill set and thinking you'd be a pretty valuable asset, mate. So are any of that stuff interests you? I mean... I'm for sure interested in this, in this and also in, in teams which are interested in me to do to race for them. Um, I feel like I I want to talk with them and, and just hear what they what they want to do and what they have in mind. But yeah, like you said, I always will have in mind that now at the moment I feel pretty comfortable like it is. And I also know that I, I can perform well like it is at the moment. So with this surroundings I have and being at home, have my mechanic and the material from KTM, I know I can perform pretty well. Um, so it, it must, for me, it must be a, like a similar situation to go to the races and to feel comfortable. Um, otherwise, I, I know I will not I cannot perform like I, I want to. And this I will also always have in mind. Um, yeah, racing GP class is for sure also something I, I I have in mind for the future. But yeah, this is, I think one year now, MX2 is, is for sure the plan. If If it's one or two races or maybe five, or if it's a full season, it's like, at the moment, I cannot tell, but one year for sure, this one year I have now being 23 and and being able to, to race MX2 one year, one more year, uh, this opportunity. And yeah, just sort of looking forward, does going to the motocross the nations interest you, mate? Is that something that's on your radar? Uh, it's obviously Sanders, he's a good racer, but he's got had a massive injury and he, he's probably still recovering then. And Young Ernick is obviously doing quite well in EMX. And yeah, just any thoughts on that, mate? And just were you good friends with Rene Hoffer, if you don't mind me asking, mate? He was a great sort of um, ambassador for, you know, great talent for Austrian motocross, wasn't it? Obviously with the KTM connection as well. It was just tragic what happened to him. And did you know him well? And he looked, looked like such a nice kid, mate, and with a bright future. So on, on a mix of nations, we are like, I think we plan to do a, to do a team, but in Austria, it's it's not like the federation is there to to help the riders or help the nation to to make like a team or something like this. It's always we have like Kinney or uh, some other teams in Austria which are like willing to do the nation, so they organize it themselves, and then we maybe have a team or we maybe have not. So this is every year it's the same, and I'm not really pushing it from my side because if they want to do it I'm willing to do it as well because I, I really like to compete for for the nation and 
compete for Austria and go to the race for Austria. And I think we can have a team which is going to the A final for sure. Um, it just have to be a plan behind it and we have to be, oh, it has to be organized to, to do it. So this is, I think, this is the the only reason where it falls because yeah, in Austria it's some just just difficult to do this. See other nations like Germany or like Czech Republic or they all can have it more organized and they have like the sport, even if it's like not uh, like football, like skiing or something like this. So it's sort of like <laughs> such a small sport mode across. There's not much resources. I know, but it's like in Austria, they don't see it like a sport, motorsport in general, but also they don't see it like like it's it should be seen. Yeah, it's not like a mainstream, yeah, soccer or skiing or, you know, something like this or, you know, MotoGP even, you know, it's just sort of at the back of the mind. Motocross isn't, it's such a small industry, but it's obviously with KTM there. In Austria, you'd think it'd be, you know, at least viable to have a team every single nation. That would make sense, you know, but... Yeah, it needs to be there, mate. And just a quick word on Rennie Hoffer, mate. Were you mates with him? And he was such a great kid with a bright future, wasn't he? So with Rene, I spent always, almost my my full youth. So I was like with him since four or five years. We went with his family, like my family, his family, um, on every race, like almost every training together. And we spent so much time together doing like building tracks for the small playing bikes and and yeah play playstation eat together do almost everything together on the on the races and on the on the trainings and to have him in the situation and also his family it's so hard to to understand it and to like not nobody knows why why this happens but I'm still it's hard for me to talk about it. Yeah, it's horrible, mate. He was a yeah, he was a great young fella, and just sort of back to motocross, mate. I mean, the qualifying race points and the MX2 age rule. What do you think of those at the moment in MX2? Are they good things or bad things? Um, you mean the you mean the points for the, yeah. for the qualifying race? Yeah, and the and then the obviously the age rule of twenty three. Like like the age rule for me is. <laughs> For me, it's hard because I know I need to to step up next year or after next year, and be. I think like like in in the US, if you have like more time to develop on a small bike, and I think also some guys are fitting better on the small bike than on the big one, so maybe there would be more competition if you if you have it the same way like in the US. With the qualifying race, if if they want to do it, it's I think to to do it, most of the riders would say to to leave it and to just do the qualifying and then the races. Maybe also do it on one day, yeah. which I would also prefer and like it's my opinion. Um, but if they want to do it and they want to do a two days competition or two days uh, race. Um, then it's then it's good to at least give some points for it, um, like it is this season. I think it's it's better than just to have a qualifying race. Um, better to have qualifying race with some points at least. 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. Interesting insight there. It's certainly one that divides opinion and just wanted to get your take on the EMX, you know, the pathway for the juniors, the 125s, 250s and MX2. Do you think that's a good system? Because obviously it's developing a lot of fast riders and a lot of young kids. Uh, you see when the EMX250 guys, they step up to MX2 for certain races, they're really fast. The best of them can match it with the MX2 guys like Zanke and Rossi, for example, and Erna. So what do you think of the framework? Pretty strong, isn't it? I mean, the, the idea behind the European Championship is pretty good to, to get them on the same tracks as the GPs are to, to race like almost the same conditions. This is, I think, uh, yeah, one thing which is pretty good um, in the system. But what I always struggled with when I was racing European Championship, and I think a lot of riders do, you have to race on Saturday and then you you go to sleep you have three laps in the morning on Sunday and then you go racing. And this is what something which is pretty yeah, pretty shitty for a rider if you if you haven't really been on the on the track and yeah, you have not the body is not really warm after three laps and also you don't have the feeling on the bike after three laps. So like and then you go straight racing and sometimes even have flat track in the morning, like one to five guys often have. This is, I think the second race is always like not really fair compared yeah. to the first one. That's uh, cool insight, mate. It's a, yeah, those kids are quick and it's, yeah, there's always talks about the format and how to change things or should they just run, you know, MXGP and MX2 only on the Sunday. But yeah, it's all an interesting sort of thing to see what happens in the future. But Obviously, we've got a lot of listeners from places like, you know, America and Australia. So just sort of uh, tell us about how you got into motocross as a kid, mate, and what made you love it so much. And did you have any idols growing up that you sort of wanted to follow in the footsteps of? Um, my dad was, was riding enduro. So he had a bike at home. And yeah, when I was young, I, I always liked to, uh, yeah, to ride bicycle and stuff, but for me, the best thing was when I went in the garage with my dad and start the, the the motorcycle and yeah, just hear the noise or maybe go one lap with him, even when I was yeah, two and a half, three years old, something like this. And on my fourth birthday, my dad, um, as a present for my fourth birthday, I got a 50cc. <laughs> and yeah, then I started riding. Also do my first race then this year and uh, then it, it developed like to the point where I am now. Yeah, it's um, cool. And then how did you get into racing, mate? Did you sort of obviously racing local and then you sort of got into the German races because the Adak's obviously a really good series too, isn't it? Yeah, for, first I was like really local, just some hobby races and yeah, just, just to have fun. Also for my family, it was like, it started in a really small way and but developed pretty fast we yeah, like i said we, we were with renee a lot and, and with the with the whole family and also renee's dad has quite a good plan what to what to ride and what to race and the dads or our dads were pretty pretty good friends as well so they talked about it, what we should do and what we race. And we went to track to have like a little bit international um, race feeling and to, to get to know it a little bit. 
with 50 cc already then 60 65 485 with uh, european championship also and uh yeah adac as well um and then then it, it developed a little bit like this and i got some some championships in austria with with 85 and then with 250 and juniors and then i was always a little bit on also on international races uh, but never did a, a full season of an european championship or a world championship either i was injured or in the in the past years it was more like i i didn't see me there um performing like I, I wanted to and did not have the money to just just go and try it out so i always decided to yeah stay more local and adc um these two race series and last year was the first year where i said like i i feel like after i won the youngster cup in adc i felt like it can go to to European Championship. Then I wanted to do a full season European Championship. And then the plans changed a little bit with with the deal I got from WZ and with decisions I I made there. Then oh no, and now I'm here. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, mate. It's cool the pathway. It's obviously a lot of hard work, sacrifice, and from your family and from yourself, mate, to get to to where you want to be a professional, you know? So would you sort of pick out a couple of your best moments, mate? Obviously winning championships in, in Germany, that kind of thing's probably up there. But have you got some particular races that stand out for you? Yeah, for sure. Last year with, with Portugal, like European Championship, missing podium with, with just two points. Um, and yeah, I I wanted to stay on this podium so badly. Yeah. So <laughs> this, was, this was pretty hard, but also pretty cool race for me. Um, but yeah, all, all the, all the international races I had was with, with Kegums, my first European championship race in one to five being like in, in third position for with, with 15 third position for like 10 minutes and then having a huge crash. But it was like all these moments I had there was is really special for me to, to know that I. I could run the speed and maybe with like uh better mindset or sometimes be a little bit uh cleverer maybe I I would have gone or my my way would have gone maybe further than it than it is now but um I feel I feel happy with where I am at the moment and with with what I reached and uh, all the all the other stuff I cannot, I cannot influence anymore. <laughs> yeah, mate, there's more to come. It's an exciting time for you, mate. There's just definitely lots to achieve out there still because you're obviously a super talented rider. And just sort of looking at the MX2 title race, who do you think's got the edge, mate? All the riders sort of keep having mistakes and bad weekends. And, you know, sometimes they're sick or with Yago, it's an injury. So who do you think's got the edge out of Adamo, Kai, Benestant or Yago? Do you think Yago can do it, mate? I mean, Yago is for sure... At the moment, the the best rider from the package he brings, he has for sure the the most uh, experience in this class and also raced for titles the past years. So he's from from the mind maybe a little bit uh, 
a little bit better racer in this these conditions. But what I feel with with Andrea, he's like really developing the last uh, last races and last GPs. Um, also from last year to to this year, he developed so much with with the program he he does with Joel, and I feel like he in the end it can be the one who who get the title for KTM. Yeah, it's gonna so be interesting. Mate. I think he is the one with the most potential. Yeah, well said, mate. There's so many good riders in that class as well. And is there any sort of MXGP guys you look up to? Because you obviously you sound like you analyze and watch the races very closely, just listening to you talk about the sport earlier. So do you obviously it's great to watch guys like Prado and Fever and Koldenoff and Jeremy C where you know they're just such excellent riders and you know they bring their own little nuances to the to the races. So is there any guys that you particularly look up to there, mate? And obviously Hurlings, it's horrible what happened to him being out. We look forward to seeing him back. But uh yeah, just your favorite guys to look out for. I mean, in the past it was always like Jorge because he was so young and I was I was also with him at races, but he was even then, even if he's same age like me, he was a guy where I look up to because he was so talented in, in riding and also his technique is like uh, like like one one of one hundred riders who can who can ride like this and like Chet or Chase in, in the US, they have like such a unique technique, which is uh, not not really common. And this is something I really look up to and something I really like to 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 watch. Yeah, and I was going to ask also, growing up, did you obviously, Roxon being, being German, obviously you're Austrian, but sort of close by, did you, was he one of your idols too, Ken Roxon? Yeah, as a kid, for sure. And he, the, the way he did and, uh, as a kid, you have you have big dreams, and one of my big dreams to was to to do this the same as he did to go from Europe to US, and uh, being Supercross rider, uh, you always you always dream when you're when you're a little kid, and he was for sure he was an idol for me. Yeah, yeah mate, he's a, he's a super cool rider. Are you going to go to some of these World Supercross races if you get a chance, mate? Do you think you'll go there, or do you have any plans to go to America and help them with some testing in the future? Uh, I haven't really thought about it at the moment. Um, I I'm pretty comfortable with what I what I'm doing now, and um, I know I I can race motocross and I can uh, ride a motorcycle on a motocross track like to at least test for the factory guys and be in a position where I have almost the time they have. But on a supercross track I, I don't think that I that I'm like usable as a test rider. Oh, it's cool, <laughs> at least mate. at the moment I'm for sure not. Oh, it's a tough thing to do, but obviously, yeah, you'd still be useful with the motocross stuff. And yeah, it's just exciting sort of looking ahead. You've got a lot of uh, options, mate. It's just picking the right one and see what happens, isn't it? And obviously with motocross being such a, you know, all-in sport, do you have any hobbies outside of motocross like golf or fishing or playing video games or watching other sports like soccer or anything like that? Yeah, as an, as an Austrian, for sure, skiing, yep. I... I really like to be up in the in the mountains and and the winter skiing or uh, also ski touring. So go up with the skis and have like little training, and then in the end you have 
the best feeling go, going down the going down the mountain and have like good snow or some some nice turns um also surfing with like small river wave and near salzburg uh, this is this is also something what i enjoy and, and what i like to do and yeah but and every ball sport i can do with with friends like football spike ball everything which is like volleyball everything you can do in the summer and i was in sports school so i i really like to do every every sport i, I can and I, I have the opportunity to try i, I will try no, I will awesome, you'd be loving it with, with the fun. summer in europe being outside all the time it'd be great and just between, obviously, we'll be seeing you at Lockett. What's the sort of training, uh, the schedule and the testing schedule between now and then, mate? You got some heavy training and some big tests coming up. Um, before before Lockett, I've I've no races anymore. I will just focus on on the test plan we have at the moment and uh, on try to train as much um, as I can in, in the meantime. And maybe be be more prepared for thirty minutes full intensity. Yeah. Um, I hope for for good starts and then try to to be fit on a better fitness level. Then, so I really want to do some models in the next uh, couple of weeks and be be better prepared than than in Deutschland. But we will see how it how it goes with testing and how. How I have time for to yeah to prepare. Yeah, cheers, mate. It'll be cool to see how you go. And um, just before we let you go, is there anyone you want to thank in particular for supporting you or anything to do with the racing, mate? You can have a chance to do that now. Yeah, for sure. I want to say big and huge thanks for to KTM for supporting me now, like the last six seven years, and helping me out every year a little bit more. Um, but also like my privateer sponsors, which are not a lot, but I want to thank them to, to help me and to get me in this position to, to race the GPs, uh, which I, which I chose and also maybe race the, the next two, uh, like Lockett and, and Machiora and huge thanks to my mechanic and my family, which are always behind me and doing this just for fun and doing this with me so thank you to them yeah cheers mate thanks for taking the time to um, have a chat to us and before we let you go we'll thank the sponsors in fly racing monster energy fox parts europe scott bell helmets acherbys as3 performance kawasaki uk ktm uk and of course even strokes for all their incredible support as without them there is no us so Thanks again for joining us, Marcel, and all the best with everything, mate. We look forward to seeing you back in the GPs at Lockett. Thank you very much for, for having me here.